0: Welcome to the Do You Mind podcast. Yes, it is I, Joshua DeYoung. I am still here, still alive and kicking. Um, been meaning to do one of these for a really long time. Just uh, haven't really gotten around to it. I've been in issues with the phone, all kinds of things going on in my personal life or been bummed out. But... You know, nobody hears a podcast that you've been meaning to do. Sometimes you just gotta do things. So, welcome back. This is, uh, we got a lot to catch up on, so without further ado, I'm just gonna get right back into it. This is Do You Mind MMA? So, uh, I actually did watch pretty much the whole card prelims and everything last week um wasn't particularly looking forward to the whole thing but actually went ahead and buckled down and bought that espn plus app uh it's five bucks a month not that big a deal totally worth it and i wanted to watch the fights like on my actual television screen for once so uh yeah that was pretty nice um just gonna go ahead and go right up the list. Some highlights of the night. Uh, Paul, the Bear Jew Craig, which is an awesome nickname, picked up a nice win. Uh, forgot who his opponent even was, but uh, I just remember he pinned him up against the cage. Used some excellent grappling, and uh, he en- he ended up winning. Uh, hit him with a big knee, and then took him to the ground. Finished him off by Rear Naked Choke. That was awesome. And we had um, Tyson Nam. He's uh, versus Sergio Pettis. Tyson making his debut this fight, I believe. And um, 35 years old. Not a young guy, so which is pretty surprising. Been around for a little while and finally got into the UFC, so good for him. Uh wasn't a super exciting fight, but you know it, was, it had its moments. Um, Sergio Pettis was uh, doing a good job keeping him at range, hitting him with some jabs, leg kicks. Um, did a good job checking Tyson's leg kicks. Uh, did a few, couple, few fancy little spinny moves. Nothing really connected, but looked nice. Um, second round, uh, Tyson comes out more aggressive, probably realizes that he lost that first round and um, Sergio just did a really good job keeping the distance um, catching the kicks and hitting them with counters and everything third round uh, more of the same just basically Sergio doing a good job outpointing him. The crowd wasn't super into it though they were actually booing at the end of it which is pretty tough uh, let's see, then we had Angela Hill versus Ariane... I forgot her last name. But uh, apparently she was... She cut like 22 pounds for this fight, which was crazy. She was looking th- 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 thick. And I mean like built. She was a tank. I was actually scared for Angela Hill in this fight. Um, <laughs> now the joke on I saw on Reddit, somebody posted a picture of Ariane at the weigh-ins and it said... Uh, <laughs> Angela Hill's about to get killed by Hermione Granger on steroids over here, which is an accurate description. But the fight actually played out really well. It was really uh, aggressive, lots of clinch work. Hill, despite being uh, a lot smaller, actually did a really good job with the Muay Thai, I thought. And... Um, yeah, landed a few elbows, cutter over the eye and stuff. Uh good scrappy fight. Angela Hill pulled out the decision win. Uh yeah, pretty pretty impressive fight. Um let's see who else. All right, and then kicking off the main card, we had uh Martin Bravo versus Stephen Peterson. Um Peterson first round E. He, uh, he lost really badly just got the brake speed off of him and um super tough guy hung, hung in there well but uh yeah very one-sided and then in a crazy finish uh both guys threw a spinning back fist at the same time and uh peterson ended up catching bravo right on the chin and just knocked him out cold it was uh it was actually pretty awesome and worth watching the whole thing and then we had uh, Irene Aldana versus Vanessa Melo. Um, yeah, Aldana did a really good job in this fight. Looked great. Uh, really technical striking. She would hit her with some good, clean shots. The right hand was there all day. Um, yeah, ended up uh, going the distance all three rounds. Just won a very dominant decision. And I uh, thought it was actually pretty funny because it, she was... Um, think she was actually mexican and uh she was bilingual so the translator was rendered completely obsolete and michael bisping was just in there talking to her the whole time and she would do the english and spanish version of what she was saying and the translator was just kind of standing there awkwardly and didn't really know what to do with his hands let's see uh oh yeah and then we had askar askarov which is He's 10 out of 10 in his last 10 fights and all finishes versus uh, Brandon the Assassin Baby Moreno, which is a weird nickname, but, you know, I'm not here to judge. And uh, Askarov is actually from Dagestan, so um, I was expecting to see, like, you know, maybe, uh, and based on some of the highlights I watched from him, I was expecting kind of a... A flyweight Habib and that's sort of what we got only maybe not quite as dominant Um, hit him with a couple leg kicks from out at range shot in got the takedown against the cage um, did a really good job uh, holding him against the cage and uh, taking his legs out from under him you know like shades of Habib Nurmagomedov and um, went for the rear naked choke almost had it And uh, I think he ended up in guard, Uh, got reversed on him, but he was hitting him with uh, some hard elbows from the bottom, so I was like, oh, shades of Habib and Ferguson, interesting. And then um, ended up getting back to the feet, traded a little bit before the end of the round. Um, Second round, uh, Askarov ate some hard shots from Moreno, and uh, eventually ended up, scoring a takedown, couple takedowns that round. Um then uh one of them, I can't remember Threw, a, I think he threw a big went for a head kick and slipped. Oh no, it's uh Moreno hit up through a big kick and then uh looked like he wobbled him a little bit and then he ended up shooting for a takedown and ended up in this weird awkward position where uh like he was sort of underneath him and Moreno was like laying on top of his back upside down and he had his uh, Askarov's head was in his crotch and they just sort of sat there and sat in this little awkward position for like the last 10, 15 seconds of the round. Askarov was just holding on to his leg and not really letting him move or do anything. I think he, uh, I think Moreno almost went for a reverse triangle from that position or something, but uh, yeah, it wasn't really that threatening and they kind of just sat there awkwardly. As the round ended, uh, round three, they both come out. Uh, oh yeah, they actually hugged at the start of the round. That was pretty cute. Yeah, even Dan Mergliad was like, "All right, there you go." Um, great, good show of sportsmanship. Uh, this time Moreno actually came in and got the takedown. Um, both of them were fighting hard. Uh, Ascarov was actually able to neutralize a lot of the offense from the top while landing more elbows from guard. Um I think Moreno, I don't remember how it ended. Uh oh yeah, he ended up uh after he I hit him with the elbows from the guard, ended up taking his back again, and uh, that's how the fight ended. But uh ended up being a split draw. That was a, I remember, that was a weird one cuz the yeah as the now the color commentators were uh talking about all right and we're ready for the results but they didn't have them yet. <clears throat> the announcer was uh still out outside of the ring talking to the judges. And they were waiting, waiting. A little awkward for a minute and uh yeah, finally they came out. Ended up being a split draw which was uh interesting. I think yeah, one actually had the had it scored twenty eight twenty eight and then twenty nine 29 twenty nine twenty eight and twenty nine twenty eight something like that and uh so yeah good fight but crowd super wasn't into it ended up booing that i think also and then we had uh i'm not gonna say the biggest robbery of the night but um the biggest uh fight that actually happened that where a robbery was involved. Uh, Carla Esparza versus Alexa Grasso. Um, you know, good, good striking. Uh, uh, Carla Esparza landed two takedowns, uh, in the first round. Grasso was able to just pop up and land with some strikes at the end, but uh, I think Carla definitely did enough to win the first round. Second, uh, you know, Carla takes her down again. Some a little decent, uh, decent ground and pound from inside the guard. Uh, then there was a scramble. Got back up. Um, yeah, and then uh, more fighting on the feet. You know, she uh, Grasso ended up piecing piecing her up pretty good. Uh, then Carla went for the takedown again at the end of the round, and. Uh, Grasso actually threatened the armbar at the last second, but uh it, w- it was in pretty tight and she ended up um she ended up holding on to it. It was but it was right before the bell, so uh fight could have ended right there. But yeah, Carla managed to survive the end of the second round and um maybe looked like she was fading a little bit in the third. Um yeah, Alexa Grasso, she rocked Esparza early on. But then uh, I think she got a little wild, through a kick, ended up slipping. Um, stuffed one takedown and eventually ended up on her back. Got her in that crazy, crazy armbar where I couldn't believe she got out of it. It looked like Esparza's arm was bending the other way. Uh, she ended up able to roll out of it and um, ended up back in Grasso's guard. Yeah, there was a little exchange on the ground. Uh, You know, Grasso, like, she stayed, uh, Carla wasn't able to do a whole lot of damage from the top, even though she was in dominant position. Um, Yeah, a little back and forth on the ground, and the fight ended on the feet for about the last 30 seconds. And, uh, man, Grasso was just beating her up real bad, landed a few, like, good combos on her to end the fight, ended up busting her nose. Asparza was bleeding a little bit. And uh, once again, we had a, Kind of a weird moment while the judges were scoring the fight. Um, You know, they were just waiting around and standing in the ring for a minute. And, uh, yeah, they gave it to Esparza in the end. Close decision, but, um, yeah, lots of booing. The fans didn't like it. And, uh, let's see, then finally we had the main bummer of the night, uh, your rear Rodriguez as uh it's Ya but if you're a fan of uh Uncle Chael's son and for some reason he can't he can't say Yair, It's just always your rear anytime he's talking about it, you know. It's kind of interesting. Like when he's talking about like like he's always so enthusiastic, so you don't almost don't even wanna correct him, but he keeps saying things like oh, your rear is wonderful, your rear is so creative, your rear is great. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I think my rear is pretty underrated too, but I don't know if I want to hear it coming from you. It's a little creepy, Uncle Chael. But uh, anyway, Jerry Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. And um, yeah, about like 10 seconds into the fight, Stevens gets poked in the eye and uh, isn't able to open it. Herb Dean did a really good job. He was trying everything in his power to keep the fight going, but, um, yeah, it didn't even look like a really bad eye poke, but it kind of like, it wasn't really like a deep poke in the eye or anything, it was more like a, like a slash, it was a grazing thing, and, uh, it was confirmed later, yeah, Stevens ended up with a corneal abrasion, which, I don't know if you've ever had one of those, but, uh, they are no joke, Now my wife actually had one a while ago, um, not from anything in like a cage fight, but she had like a chronic dry eye thing and ended up like something with her. Um, yeah. The chunk of her cornea got chipped out and it was like, you're super light sensitive. Like you can't even, you know, open your eyes in a dimly lit room. Like she just kind of stayed under the covers for a couple of days. But, um, yeah. So, uh, tough deal for Jeremy Stevens Um, Yair was pissed off for some reason I think um, you know I think everybody's like well what's he mad for he's the one that did the eye poking well I think it was uh, it's a little weird because I think at first I was like well he's probably just pissed off because you know he trained really hard for this and he didn't mean to do it it was an accident and he just sort of poked him in the eye kind of Probably feels like a little bit of a jackass, you know he wanted to put on a really good performance in front of this um front of his home crowd, and yeah, ended up ruining it totally by accident. Stuff happens, but um yeah, thought he was gonna swing on Michael bisping for a second. that was pretty crazy, and uh, apparently he'll go <clears throat> yeah cussed him out in Spanish, and he said like like yeah. He yelled at him. He was like, no me to- I was like, holy shit, dude, calm down. And, um, yeah, so he was, uh, obviously upset. Um, and then, uh, but apparently the weird thing is later on, he was, uh, he ended up in an altercation with Stevens back at the hotel or something, where he even, uh, like shoved him and said something like, oh, you gotta live with this for the rest of your life. And I'm like, dad, again, why is he mad he's the one that did the eye poking and wasn't yeah jeremy just wasn't able to continue it was a very painful injury his eye was like twitching and spasming and he couldn't even physically open it no matter how hard Both both herb and the doctors were like just trying to pry that eye open and like you could tell like it was just like shut so tight like it was like that like the muscle was like twitching and spasming and like i, I he couldn't fake that. It was. It's tough. It sucks. But. Yeah. But they are going to end up running that back in a few weeks. As soon as. As um, soon as Stevens' eye recovers completely. But um, it's interesting because now that's not going to be a five round fight anymore. It's going to end up being uh, probably put somewhere on a main card, but not the main event anymore. But. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're gonna have a chance to run that back. And then we've got another UFC fight night on ESPN Plus. I think this weekend. Um, yeah, we're so lucky now that we had the market is so saturated. We got a UFC event and two Bellator events coming up on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time to be a fight fan. Um, let's see uh, on this UFC card. I'll just point out a few of the highlights the fights I'm interested in seeing the most um on the prelims is gonna be Mark de versus lando vanada um that should be an exciting fight both um really good strikers dynamic um mark de uh, he's he had a really cool knockout. I remember one of his earlier fights uh, he likes throwing the the lead sidekick to the leg and uh, there's one really cool highlight of him uh, he throws the lead side kick to the leg followed by just a spinning back kick to the head just like completely like flowy and seamlessly it was just like kick to the leg spinning kick to the head like in mid air uh, really cool he's a uh, if you watch mind smash you would say he's a flow state fighter <laughs> but um, yeah that should be exciting good reason to watch the prelims uh let's see what else we got. We got Oven Saint Prue versus Mikhail Oleksandr. I'm not not even going to try to get that right, but um should be a pretty good uh light heavyweight bout. Ooh, uh, we got Khalil Roundtree versus uh Ayan Kuralaba. Interesting. I'm uh, definitely pulling for Khalil in this fight. Um Yeah, I listened to his whole episode of the Joe Rogan experience. Really cool guy. And, um, has improved dramatically. Got, um Yeah, he, uh, he got a fast knockout against Gokan Saki, which was... He had an extensive kickboxing record, so, you know, a lot of people were expecting him to, you know, be the more technical striker in this fight, but Khalil ended up just starching him right away. That was impressive. Um... Then ended up getting knocked out by Johnny Walker, which, who doesn't at this point? But uh, ended up going to Thailand to practice his Muay Thai, got way better, and then uh, came back and just put a clinic on uh, Eric Anders, I believe. And then um, Ayan, uh he's had a good fight against Glover Teixeira just recently. Um yeah, his thing is uh he like he comes out strong, but his gas tank is pretty suspect. So, um like yeah, he gave Texier a run for his money early in the fight, but faded quickly and ended up like, I think he got taken didn't even get taken down. He ended up just falling over and Texier ended up just getting on top of him and beating giving him a good beating. So, uh we'll see how this goes. I'm expecting Khalil to win just by being the more technical striker and uh yeah just being able to actually carry out the whole fight uh let's see oh yeah Gunnar Nelson versus Gilbert Burns um Gunnar Nelson uh pretty good uh very good grappler I think he came like fourth place in the all-around at one of the ADCC tournaments uh both these guys are actually ADCC veterans Gilbert um he came in 3rd in his division which is also pretty impressive Um, Gunnar Nelson he's got decent striking Uh, his big thing is he likes to throw the big right hand lead and then to get into the clinch or takedown range Um, he's really good from inside the clinch and uh, yeah so I'm excited to see how that fight goes Let's see, then we got, uh, Mark Madsen versus Dan- Danilo Bellardo, uh, Mark Madsen's a really strong wrestler, and, um, should be expected to win this if I don't know a whole ton about him, and then, uh, yeah, that's our co-main event, but uh, then we got Jack Hermanson versus Jared Cannoneer, uh, Cannoneer, if you guys remember, he's, uh, actually was not an heavyweight, and, um, now he's fighting down at middleweight uh came a very uh powerful heavy-handed striker actually uh beat anderson silva if you guys remember i think it was just yeah where if you remember he came out and he just uh just punished him with the leg kicks and um uh, i think that actually fight actually ended in the second round really bummed me out because silva is one of my heroes but um still impressive win for Cannoneer even at you know any point in Anderson Silva's career still dangerous uh let's see uh Jack Hermanson uh decent counter striker but uh he's kind of sometimes he'll like take one to give one took a lot of shots in that um in the Jacare fight but has really good cardio and um he mixes his uh his strikes with his takedowns really well that's like one of the one of his uh better traits um he actually he'll commit to the striking really well but um yeah he commits to the striking enough to like make you think about it so that you're not even thinking about the takedown and then we'll just like get in and use the striking to penetrate and get the get inside and just tackle you and um yeah oh he also another thing he does really well is uh striking on the break so you know he's good at using his striking to get into the clinch or takedown position and uh if he's not able to get it he uh he hits really well uh from when exiting the clinch he also does uh he punches with vertical fists sometimes which is interesting like that sort of karate style like thumbs up like straight up punching um which is actually kind of interesting just to you know gives your opponent a different look You know, it's not, you know, a lot of people teach, you know, turning over your fists or overturning them like uh, Dwayne Ludwig um, teaches you to, you know, over rotate your hands. But the vertical strikes, uh, they work pretty well for, you know, like I said, just giving of a different look. And sometimes you're able to split the guard a little bit easier with those punches. And, um, you know, it doesn't, uh, with the elbows in tight, you end up not telegraphing your strikes as much. Is so uh, as say when you're turning him over. Uh I think Michael J. White. There's an old video of uh yeah, Michael J. White and Kimbo Slice. I think it was on the set of Blood and Bone, one of his older movies. Great, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. But um yeah, it was him there was a whole video of him like teaching Kimbo how to strike with a vertical fist without telegraphing it. Like he, he actually had Kimbo hold up his hand. He's like, all right, what, what, what's your faster hand? And then he's like, uh, my, my left, my jabbing hand. He's like, all right, hold it up and don't let me hit it. And every time, like, he's just throwing with the vertical fist and it doesn't really, um, like he was showing, like, you know, you don't uh, load up your punches and you just, like, strike right from that position with the elbows in. And he was just hitting his hand every time, first with the jab a few times and then with the cross. And, um, yeah, it's a legit idea. So, uh, interesting fight. Um, oh yeah, so then we also had Bellator, um, don't know, they actually got, yeah, two cards this weekend, uh, one of them, that we're gonna have, oh, Machida versus Gregor Musasi. that's actually, uh, gonna be a rematch, I think Machida won the first time, um, should be really interesting, you know, Machida's getting up there in age, but, um, still got it man he's got a interesting matchup you know Musashi uh, likes going for the takedown and Machida has a really good intercepting knee Um, he's got you know as we all know he's got that karate style excellent use of footwork moving around the cage to um, to draw his opponents towards him and uh, he'll make him shoot for takedowns out in the open and then catch him with that intercepting knee which Chael Sonnen learned the hard way I think he ate it like two or three times in their fight, but um, yeah, that one should be good. And then the headliner for that one is Patricio Pitbull versus Juan Archuleta. Um, yeah, Juan he uh trains with TJ Dillashaw, um, and Dwayne Ludwig. So, and uh, he has a wrestling background, but he's gotten uh, better and better at the striking training with bang, that bang muay thai style, so he's got kind of some shades of the tj dillashaw the stance switching and mixing up his punches and kicks but uh not quite as flowy on the feet as tj like he seems like he's thinking about his combinations a lot as he's throwing them um but he is a more aggressive wrestler than dillashaw i think and that's what uh might give him his edge you know like we've said mixing up the strikes with the takedowns makes him have to think about the takedown and makes the striking more effective so and uh tj says he's definitely ready and should be uh have no problem taking out pitbull um yeah patricio pitbull just uh coming in off of a big win against michael chandler um really good fighter uh actually he's really hard to take down too so um yeah he's been practicing this uh some karate stuff this style and uh you know, moving around and counter striking. He's been getting better at that. Also got a mean left hook. It's definitely something to look out for in this fight. And um let's see what else we got. Oh yeah. And then we got uh the there's another Bellator card. This one's in Dublin. A few good fights on here. Uh both uh Benson Henderson versus Miles Jury, both UFC alumni. That should be a good fight um James Gallagher versus Roman Salazar uh Roman Sal you know James Gallagher is the um basic cable version of Conor McGregor and Roman Salazar is a last minute replacement so um yeah probably looking forward to Gallagher winning this fight and uh MVP Michael Venom Page uh is paired up against some guy who's got 4 MMA fights apparently he has some kind of kickboxing background but only four fights in MMA i think they're just trying to give him a win after uh that crazy knockout loss against Douglas Lima uh, had a couple of rough fights his last couple outings so definitely i think Bellator's uh, going to try to give him a win get him back in the get him back on track so they can keep hyping him up um yeah so that's uh, pretty much everything going on this weekend and if you get done watching all those and your bloodthirst still is not satisfied, uh tell you what I've been really getting into lately is this uh Street Beefs. I don't know if you've seen this on the YouTubes lately, but um they're uh it's actually pretty awesome. They're like they're another one of these uh backyard fighting organizations and uh it's put on by this guy, uh they all got, uh, everybody by the way involved in this has the awesomest nicknames nobody ever uses their real names in the fight yard uh so we got this guy uh christopher scarface Wilmore, is the guy who runs it and um he's got uh it's kind of like like what data 5000 did back in miami um you know these fights like like it said it's like they uh settle their beefs in the cage, not on the streets, and, um, yeah, Scarface, like he's got a, yeah, he has a back pretty rough background, used to run with gangs a lot, and, uh, ended up getting stabbed in the throat one time, almost died, so, uh, yeah, this is sort of his way of, uh, getting the beef off the streets, and, uh, handling everything with your fists instead of guns, so, really cool guy, I like what he's doing, um, and they just had their biggest event ever a couple weeks ago uh, i just want to run through some of the highlights on that some of my favorite fights um let's see uh king leonidas who's a veteran in uh, satan's backyard that's what they call it their ring <laughs> it's pretty awesome um yeah he's one of the best guys that they have out there yeah they, they always do um they do boxing matches and mma so that's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, this guy, King Leonidas, came out and uh, knocked some dude out in the second round, I think. That was pretty awesome. Oh, um, well, there was this one really cool fight against a guy. uh was an old biker fella. His thing, he went by a bucket list and uh, looked like uh, getting in a backyard fight was on his bucket list because he was an old dude, old biker, and he fought some guy named uh, Static. And uh you got you guys ever remember that show Static Shock used to be on kids WB or whatever. Yeah, that's that was like this guy's gimmick. Like he had the shirt with the lightning emblem on it and everything. He's like, Alright, static here, here to put a shock to your system. I'm like, Oh hey, you said the thing that's like the guy from the cartoon. That's cool. So um yeah, uh, if just looking at it on paper uh you know static was the you know much younger more athletic looking guy but uh bucket list you know they do little in ring interviews like right before the fight where the fighters get to introduce themselves and bucket list said uh yep uh came up here on a motorcycle and i heard that they were having some fights out here uh yeah let's go and um man it was a crazy it's not the most the uh, most of these fights aren't the most technical or anything but just for sheer entertainment value that, like this was awesome because like they went back and forth um you know bucket list they everybody was yelling uh they, they were just calling him old school from the side of the ring and he uh just like tough gritty biker guy like i said and he freaking covered up took some hard shots and ended up getting the comeback win uh making him a immediate legend in the yard and uh let's see a couple other guys that I really like Ooh, um nighttime guru he's uh pretty awesome uh if if I had to describe him he's kind of like the like the Israel Adesanya of street beefs he's a really long lanky fighter i think he fights at like like 145 something like that oh yeah they don't really have weight classes either by the way i think there's like like under 190 and over 190 or something like that right now. And um, it's actually kind of cool. You know, you can see some like young, like smaller but more skilled guys you know taking on bigger opponents and yeah it's it's actually really impressive, but it, it it's uh kind of gives me that that old school original UFC feel to it, but uh anyway, yeah, Nighttime Guru I think He actually ended up taking three fights in one day. Uh, I think his first one was an MMA match. Ended up piecing up this dude on the feet. Uh, I think the guy tried to take him down. Guru ended up taking his back and choking him out. Uh, then the second fight, was a he took a boxing match against the guy. was a, I think it was a heart of stone. Yeah, heart of stone, but I, I they I got his name wrong in the video. I kept calling him hands of stone or stone. I don't know, something like that. But um, That was a good back and forth boxing match uh guru was using his range really well he kept he always kept his hands low far away and was trying to you know draw out strikes from a distance and countering pretty well meanwhile heart of stone was uh yeah he he was just a really good um hard puncher and he kept on coming trying to come in with the overhand landed a couple good shots i think that one ended up going to a draw then um yeah, then Guru at the, his last fight of the day was another MMA match, this time against, uh, the guy they call Italian Tyson, who's just, a he, a straight banger, usually does boxing matches, but has been recently getting more into the MMA fights, and, uh, yeah, Italian Tyson ended up dropping him with a huge shot really early in the first round, and then came in and, uh, Oh, well, this was the controversial part. He hit him with, like, a knee on the ground or, like, or like a soccer kick or something to the body. The, they were saying, like, he hit him in the chest, but, like, it looked like it caught him in the head with the shin. But, um, I don't know. I don't think Italian Tyson's a, really a dirty fighter. It was just, like, a more of an adrenaline, heat of the moment thing. He just ended up rushing in and just clipped, uh like kicked it, clipped him real hard. And it was, um, yeah. Crazy fight, definitely all that worth watching and uh, let's see another guy who uh is a fascinating character that I've been following for his whole Street beefs career. I think he had two fights in one day and uh, he had one previous to that. His name is Rising Phoenix, and um, he's a really interesting character man he had uh before all of his fights, he keeps talking about uh the experiment and um the first fight was experiment number 1 the litness test then uh experiment number 2 recalibration that was his first fight of the day um and that was actually against a guy who uh oh, i forget what his name was but he was some dutch kickboxer actually flew in all the way from holland for this event which um you know if you're traveling all of that distance to do some backyard fights just to show off your talent um you should be worried. <laughs> um yeah, he ended up uh kind of beating the tar out of Phoenix, but no quitting this guy. He you know, he put out put on a valiant effort, but I don't know, this guy was just bigger than him and just outmatched. It looked like he had some real solid kickboxing experience, ended up beating Rising Phoenix. Um Phoenix's second fight of the day. I don't think he hasn't actually won any of his street beefs fights yet, but the last one of the day was close. I forget who his opponent was that ended up beating him, but uh yeah, he put out a video earlier this week and um he was explaining what the what the test was or the what the experiment was. And apparently he's um he's trying to develop his own martial arts style based on quantum physics and um he did a whole video and he was explaining something about like the way that an atom moves in a circular motion around the nucleus and the way that like looping uh like round strikes are like the ones that do the most damage like when you hit somebody uh in the temple or the jaw or the side of the head or uh or, you know when you hit hit somebody with a like a round kick to the knee is like what can cause them to shatter their kneecap basically he's explaining how like the most devastating strikes move in a motion similar to that of an electron around the nucleus and or something like that it was really interesting I'm actually um I'm actually going to get him on the show later this week um actually I'm going to be talking to him sometime tomorrow we're going to record a podcast and uh he'll probably do a better job explaining it than I can but he's got a Yeah, he has some sort of kung fu background, and he's uh, mixing it with quantum physics, creating his own style, so really interesting, and uh, seems like a really awesome guy, and I'm going to continue rooting for him in all of his fights, and I hope him all the success in the world. Um, Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all I got for this week. Um, But yeah, right now, I'm uh, about to go to a kick-ass show with... uh, my buddy Sean Wilson or Will Wilson, whatever. uh His band Echo of Silence is playing at Papa Beats tonight, so I'm going to go out there and rock out, keep a cock in my pants, because I don't want to end up like Louis C.K. I'm just going to rock hard, get in the mosh pit, I'm just going to cut loose. I haven't been to a show in a while, so looking forward to that, and I'll probably tell you more about that sometime next week. Uh anyway, so yeah, that went well. I finally did an episode. It's been a long time, but uh, I did it. There it is. Hope you got something interesting or entertaining out of it, but um, yeah, hopefully gonna be doing a lot more of these in the near future. so looking forward to that, looking forward to talking to Rising Phoenix tomorrow um. Yeah, so until next time, remember, if you mind your mind, then your mind won't mind. So mind your mind. Mind!